welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. This is the second episode on the monkey's brain and a rolling robot on autonomous driving. If you have not heard the first episode, uh, which was published last week, go back, listen to that, and then return here. The first one is more about the systematics on autonomous driving, on all the backgrounds and the history. And uh, this second episode is more on the user experience, the technical issues, the ethical and legal issues that we have. Okay, let's get down to the point. Shifts within the user experience in autonomous driving. So what will change uh, in, the, in the UX and the user experience when we have the different levels of autonomous driving. And first, there are changes in the internal relationship between the monkey's brain and the rolling robot, between the driver and the car. So the active driving will become more passive. So instead of being involved actively in the driving, We're going to sit back and watch the machine working. And I talked about the monkey's brain, this, this uh, association machine that we have in our heads and this jumping from one thought to the other. We do not keep our, our brains busy. I mean, that, that will happen. So we will have people that are supposed to perform a surveillance of the rolling robot and um, they will start, uh, their, their thoughts will start drifting and they're cognition, their attention, that will all drift away in this passive situation that we have. PSA or uh, Stellantis, as they are called today, particularly the Peugeot part of this, um, calls the situation the dressinger. That's a mixture of driver, like dressinger, right, and passenger, and like an and passenger. And so we have this dressinger which is a mix uh, of a driver and a passenger. And uh, this, uh, the role of the passenger, the dressinger, will have this increased surveillance activity. And we as humans, we're not made for surveillance. We are made for activity uh, and, and, and reactions and actions that we have. Today... The vehicles react to inputs of the driver. In the future, more and more environmental factors will play a role, like sensor information, 
um, like sensing the driver's condition in the vehicle. And um, so we will change, uh, we will switch the driver's condition, the driver, the way the driver works to the vehicle condition, to the way the vehicle works. So we have a serious shift of focus here uh, from the inside of the car to the outside of the car, from the human to the, the, the uh, computing power of, of the vehicle. And um, when we today sit in a car and said, hey, I want to make a ride here, or I think I need to brake, then it comes from the inside. And the car reacts to our inputs that we perform. In the future, we will have sensors sensing, all right, there is something on the road, I should brake. And we'll react on these environmental factors based on sensor information. So this is a dramatic change in the relationship we have between human and, and machine. And I have mentioned this uh, already a few times, active control becomes passive monitoring. So instead of being actively involved in the driving task and doing something and performing something, we just sit there and watch a machine working. And this will lead to... Uh, what is called vigilance or the loss of vigilance. So vigilance means uh, the durating cognitive activity that you have. Um, that if you have a high vigilance, um, you, you can process information well. You can take it in, you can process it and, and perform. And if you have a lowered vigilance, um, then um, yeah, you have this loss in vigilance. And uh, this is uh, extremely critical in surveillance tasks. Because humans, we are not made for this monotonous task. We are not made for monotony. We are not made for passivity. And uh, our brains, uh, our monkey's brains, uh, start jumping around from thought to thought and distract ourselves to keep itself busy. And so this kind of um, yeah, control, passive control, is not what we humans are made for. And we very often see this. Um, there are videos uh, on, in the internet where you can see a driver of a uh, Tesla car driving on level two and Tesla is opposed to what they say or what they communicate, implicitly communicate um, as a level two. So you need to stay awake. You need to control the car while it is driving. But you can see these videos where the drivers, the person behind the steering wheel, the passenger, is sleeping. And um, this, is, for me, is a clear indicator that uh, it doesn't work the way we think it works. A human is not a machine and a human is not made for monotony, for, for surveillance and, and for passive involvement into tasks. Another area with serious changes um, that I expect are changes for the driver, for the person in the car. The first thing is, and I mean, I'm a petrol head and many of my friends are petrol heads. The fun of driving uh, is replaced by comfort. Question is, do we really want this? Do we want to be driven instead of actively driving? 
So for me, uh, one of the, the biggest um, funds I'm having or yeah, when I'm driving, I mean, I'm a, I'm a motorcycle driver anyway. So um, the fun of driving is core for me. But when I'm in an area with beautiful curvy mountain roads, I love to drive there and, and, and to, to test the car and, and to bring it to its limits. And yeah, I'm one of those nasty guys um, that is doing that. Uh, for example, on the Highway 1 in, in California or on the C510 at, in Mallorca in Spain. Those are beautiful roads and I love to drive there. And um, beyond that, beyond the sheer fun, um, as I said it, the human brain is definitely not designed to move a car forward a few meters every minute. I mean, that's the other side of it. So if you're in a traffic jam, I mean, the human operating system is not made to stand around in a traffic jam. And so if you if you stand there for half an hour and, and you move a few meters, a few yards ahead every, every two, three minutes, I mean, you cannot do anything else but just sitting there and waiting that the others pull ahead and you do this as well. Um, I mean, that is a situation where the, the comfort part of it uh, will definitely beat the, the fun or the non-fun part of driving. So if we have this traffic jam assistant um, and, and it works well, we will gain this 25th hour uh, we are talking about, the additional time uh, in the day that uh, we, can, we can use to do something else. We face... A change in trust. And if you ask people, um, do you trust yourself as a driver? 95% will say, yes, I am a driver well above average and uh, I know how to drive and you can fully trust me. I know this. And this trust in myself changes to trust in technology. So I need to trust that this technology will take me safely from A to B. And if you believe this is not a problem, imagine the scenario. Um, your kid wants to go to school and then an autonomous, fully autonomous level 5 car shows up at your front door. Will you put your child into the car and have it driven by this technology to school? I can see some of you saying, yes, 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 of course. Those are the techies, the trusting guys, maybe the over-trusting guys. But the majority of people will say, mm, no, I don't want my kid to be alone and a rolling robot and driving to school. And I mentioned it, um, if we talk about trust connected to autonomous driving, uh, many people do not differ between over-trust and under-trust. Although that is very important. Overtrust means that humans trust the technology more than what the technology can actually deliver. And the, the sleeping driver uh, in a Tesla car is definitely overtrusting the technology. So the driver believes the technology can do more for me than it actually does. And um, this is very dangerous because if we overtrust technology, then um, we may misuse it. We m may use it in a situation where it doesn't work. 
for example, if I have an autobahn assist, if I have a highway assist, if my car, level two or three, drives well on, on well-designed roads, and I take it to a minor country road and try the same, then I'm fully over-trusting the car because the technology may not be able to perform this task properly. The other kind of, of trust is under-trust. Um, this is when people do not trust the technology as uh, much as it really performs. So they may be just like distrusty, mm, will it really work? Is this really safe? Oh, I'm, I'm not using it. So I just leave the system turned off. And at first sight, um, this is uh, yet not not a, not a too bad thing. I mean, they just don't use it. They're still driving and it is okay. The problem, the safety-related problem that occurs is that we miss the chance to make driving better, to uh, use the full capacities of technology. For example, this gain in safety um, that I talked about so um, both have problems, overtrust and undertrust. Overtrust has more and more serious problems, but also undertrust is containing a certain amount of problems. So change in trust in the future. Will we have the trust to put our children in autonomous cars and let them drive to school? Think about it. Another change for the driver that we have is uh, from level 3 on, uh, level 3, 4, 5. Mental capacities of the driver are released and they can be used for other activities. And this is uh, what people are waiting for. Instead of sitting in the traffic jam and pulling the car ahead a few meters every minute, a few minutes, um, they can do something else. They can read a book. They can they can answer their mails. They can do this and that. And um, this uh, will be a significant uh, game changer in automated driving. And um, there is a change in the user experience of external entities. And again, this is a lot about trust. Autonomous driving contains an ethical problem. There is a study of McKinsey saying um, that accidents will be reduced by 90%, but there will be accidents, particularly in mixed traffic. And there is this uh, philosophical or theoretical um, game or thinking um, that, that uh, is performed very often. So you uh, are sitting in an autonomous car and the autonomous car uh, realizes something went wrong and all I can do is either run, in, run into a wall and kill the driver or run into uh, a, a pedestrian area and kill the people that are there. What shall the car do? Whom shall I kill? And this um, sounds a bit theoretical, but at the end of the day, it is a practical problem. And uh, Zetscher, the former CEO of, of uh, Daimler, once said, um, the car will always protect the driver. It will always protect the people that paid a Mercedes car and it will 
Consequently, then, he did not say it, but this is the consequence. It may kill then other people. And um, this is uh, an ethical problem, and it is, from my point of view, not solvable so that um, there is no issue left. We will reduce the problem with better technology and with more advanced uh, technologies in uh, autonomous driving. Then we may exclude with, uh, with autonomous driving certain groups of people or certain regions from traffic. So if we say that um, we need infrastructure, certain infrastructure, uh, certain road furniture to allow autonomous driving, will we have this in very lonely regions of the planet where we have only a few people living? Will we really bring, I don't know, road sensors or activators or, or uh, cameras every road on this planet and even if we think about europe there are regions where hardly anyone is living will we have the infrastructure there or will we exclude certain groups of people particularly if we make level four and level five the standard another problem the uh, data protection problem We hear about uh, the safety, security problem of, of uh, car computing. Big question is, we will produce a lot of data in autonomous cars and it will be distributed over large networks. So the question is, who owns the data? Who protects the data? What is done with the data? And, and we, can, we can do enormously positive things with uh, large amounts of data. The question always is, A, are people ready to give away their data? And B, um, can we use this in an uh, ethical way so that uh, it will not cause any, any frictions, any social frictions? Plus the fact um, that uh, no uh, IT infrastructure is 100% safe. There's always a way to hack it, to get into it. And what happens if um, a totally strange algorithm is transferred into a fully autonomous car? by some kind of, of crazy hacker and then is doing harm. And uh, if it's a level five car, I do not even have the chance, even if I, if I recognize that something is going wrong, um, I don't have a chance to, to intervene and, and do something in this. Another problem that we see facing, that we face uh, in autonomous driving is the legal side. Uh, it was very clear in the past, uh, based on the Vienna Convention, the driver of a car has full responsibility over whatever the car is doing, whatever is done with the car. When it is driving, there is a driver, and this one single person is responsible for whatever is happening. And this uh, remains on level one and level two, and this also remains on level three. And it partially remains on level four. Definitely unclear is what happens in level five. But already on levels three and four, we have this mixed situation. We allow the driver to pull its cognitive capabilities, the brain, the thinking, the control out of the control loop, out of the driving. 
and do something else. Use the mental capacities not for looking at the road and, and processing information and controlling the car. We give this, we hand this over to the machine. And this is totally against the Vienna Convention, which is valid more or less globally. So we need to change laws for this. And there are activities in Germany to do this. Um, I am at least doubtful that this is a fast and straight and smooth process, changing all regulations in all countries on the world to allow global autonomous driving, even level three, Uh, is at the moment pretty difficult in most countries. Connected to that is the issue of responsibility. So machines cannot take responsibility. There is no legal system in the world that puts responsibility to machines. And then the question is, who does? If I enter a car and um, at my best belief and start driving it and turn on the autonomous driving mode on level two, three, four, or even five, then I need to trust the car makers that it will go right, that it will do its job. And if not, who then is responsible? And again, up to level two, it's clear, it's the driver. On level three also, the driver is responsible. He needs to take over or she needs to take over at any point in time. Level four and level five is more difficult, particularly on level five, when I do not have the chance to do something because I don't have a steering wheel, I don't have instrumentation, I don't have paddles, I cannot do anything. And um, who's then responsible? Is it the car maker? Is it the supplier of the computing system? Is it the sensor company? Is it the company that uh, owns and runs the car? If it is some kind of public transport or shared mobility, who is it? And that is one of the big unsolved questions. And the uh, solution at the moment is that the car makers take the responsibility to a certain degree, at least some set that they do this. Um, but this will be one of the, from my point of view, it's one of the open points. And, and um, I'm curious on, on how this will be solved in the foreseeable future. And then um, another point is uh, the user experience of autonomous cars is the different driving styles. And I mean, We all have different driving styles. Some are more aggressive, some are more passive, some are more speedy, some are more slow. Um, so we have all these different driving styles. And if you travel around the world, uh, then you will find out that uh, the driving styles differ dramatically uh, between cultures. So, for example, driving in South America or driving in Southeast Asia is a, still is a real adventure. And if you see the differences between uh, the Europe and, and US, still there's a big difference. And even within Europe, um, you can say, yeah, then the Germans, we are pretty fast drivers. We, on parts of the autobahns, we do not have a speed limit, so you can drive as fast as you want to. And uh, on the other hand, um, there are 
as we believe the chaotic French and Spanish and Italian drivers, which is not true, but um, that, that's that's the, the image that we have. And uh, so, well, what happens in autonomous cars and automated cars? How does the automation know uh, what driving style is preferred by a single person, is accepted in a certain country? So little speeding is accepted in Germany. So if 100 kilometers per hour is allowed, most of us drive between 110 and 120. And if you drive 100 strictly, um, you may crash because people run into your car because nobody believes that you really drive 100 because there's, there's a stupid sign saying 100 kilometers per hour. So we always drive slightly faster than it is allowed. And this is not only accepted, but expected. And that's... Uh, and how how is that solved? Uh, and and um, I'm not really clear about this one. And then you have all the different cultures. And if you then go into mixed traffics, um, that may get. Uh, I mean, urban traffic is not complex. Urban traffic is chaotic, and some of the cities are more chaotic than other cities. And um, so, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm really wondering um, how we will get around with this. Again, if we reach maybe in 2050, 2060, 90%, 95% level 5 vehicles on the road. Yes, okay, um, then it will work. Then um, it may even be, you may even have adaptions to, to local cultures, but maybe not. And then it's, everything is accepted. Um, the problem is the mixed traffic when you have level 0 cars and level 3, level 4 cars on the same road in the same traffic uh, system driving together. All right, um, this brings us to the end. Um, little summary at the end. First thing, automated driving. Uh, we have certain parts already automated in driving, like automated gearboxes or uh, ignitions or even uh, window lifters or uh, rain sensors. And... Um, this will grow, and at the moment uh, we have this uh, very exciting time where this grows into the core driving, meaning the lateral and the longitudinal control of the car. And we have this growing levels of automation, um, so the task sharing between car and driver will more and more go to 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 the to the car. So the monkey's brain will be out of the driving at least in certain situations. The relationship between humans and vehicles will change significantly. Uh, in the car, between the car and the driver, but also outside the car and in the entire traffic system, we will have serious shifts in the user experience and in the relationship between humans and cars. And at the end, over the years, we will have fully autonomous driving. We need to solve uh, many, many technical, uh, some ethical and a few legal problems uh, on this one. At the moment, uh, I see it primarily a financial problem um, because we need all this computing power and we need all this uh, uh, testing uh, before it gets in, into the cars. But we will have 
our monkeys' brains in rolling robots in the future. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.